It is hockey day in Canada. All the Canadian teams will be on the ice this afternoon and evening, and we are very excited to watch. I know me and Joseph will be watching the Montreal Canadiens versus the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight together. With that being said, this is N10 episode 17 of season two. Me and Joe are here. Flagger is absent for another episode. Uh, this date today is February 8th. We'll be recording. Um, we're going to be telling you the Hard Hat Awards, the Plunger Awards. We're going to get right back into what you say. And Joe has a spicy meatball for me after that at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. And there was a trade announced on Wednesday night. Uh, the Leafs made. What was that trade, Joe? I think you should announce it. I should? Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, um, okay, I'll announce it. Uh, so the Leafs traded Trevor Moore, a third-round pick in 2020, and a conditional third-round pick in 2021 to the Los Angeles Kings for backup goaltender Jack Campbell and grinding forward Kyle Clifford. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings retained 50% of the salaries on both those contracts, I believe. And, uh, yeah, just a first reaction from me. I, I like the trade. I think it's... Uh, uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll analyze it after you like say your remarks, Joe. Okay, so I think it's fine that it needed to be done. Like They had to yeah. get a backup. Hutchinson was not getting it done at all. I mean, not every single goal is his fault. Like, some people make it seem, but, like, he needs to save some shots or some chances he needs to have to keep them in the game. And then sometimes he lets in, like, two or three, and then they'll come back, but then they'll lose by one or two. So then it ends up being that those two kind of goals that he should have had would have been the difference. So, yeah. obviously, Dubas had enough of seeing it, of what what was uh, what Hutchinson was showing. So right after the game on Wednesday versus the Rangers in which they lost, and the Leafs allowed two goals in six seconds, mm-hmm. which basically killed the game, kind of. Uh, he made that trade for Campbell and Clifford, sent Trevor Moore and a third, and was, as well as a conditional third. So what are the conditions on that other third? Yeah, so the conditions are if Campbell wins six or more regular season games, uh, they get the pick, or if Kyle Clifford signs... Uh, re-signs with the Maple Leafs so that'll become a second round pick if so so another deal with the Los Angeles Kings right before the deadline they obviously got Jake Muzzin last time and traded a couple prospects away and a first round pick so another deal with the Kings my take on the trade is honestly like okay so you're upgrading in grit you got that with Kyle Clifford you're upgrading on a backup goaltender hopefully with Jack Campbell of Hutchison you got that and you said it like it, it obviously needed to be done like Hutchison wasn't getting it done and this team doesn't hit for some reason which is part of the National Hockey League and has been for over a hundred years and uh, they just can't seem to find a guy to like rough it up and stuff like I'm not saying like Kyle Clifford's gonna go out there and run people and fight people no like just hit once in a while get the crowd into it and just be a good grinder so um, on Jason Spezza's goal last night they won 5-4 in overtime Johnny T got the OT winner Uh, Clifford was on the ice for Jason Spezza's goal I don't believe he got an assist but I heard he played good. I didn't watch the game. I was at a movie, so I can't really comment on the whole game. But uh, they won the game there. Jack Campbell got his first win as a Maple Leaf. So they versus your team tonight. What are your What are your thoughts about this one? Well, Leafs run a back to back, but Montreal does not have Weber to contain those forwards. <laughs> so, so I don't know how it's gonna end up because Campbell's playing back to back as well. Yes. So it's either he's gonna like <laughs> shit his pants yeah. or stand on his head. Or, like, Montreal not having Weber is just going to get destroyed. So I have no clue how it's going to play out, to be honest. Yeah, and then I heard, like, uh, who's the insider that does it? Eric Angles, uh, 
think he tweeted this morning that Jonathan Duran could be back for the Montreal Canadiens uh, tonight, but it's on his uh, doing. So like he decides if he wants to go in the lineup or not. But yeah, I don't know if that's a possibility. But uh, yeah, like the defense for the Montreal Canadiens really has to step up, and, and as well as Carey Price. But he seems to always be at least decent against the Leafs in some cases. But but not versus Matthews. We'll see that tonight. Yeah, Matthews is a Matthews could pass his career total at forty uh, tonight with forty one goals. So he matched Ovechkin last night. Hopefully he does, but uh, yeah, so the Leafs versus the Montreal Canadiens tonight, we'll be watching that together, and we're talking about Matthews and Ovechkin. The, Matthews just tied Ovechkin last night with 40 uh, league lead for the Rock Richard, but we have a stat here, Joe. You want to read the, your stat from your favorite player? Yep, so Ovechkin, obviously he's been on a tear recently. He has 14 goals in his last seven games. He plays today. And he needs two goals, as I think we mentioned last week. He needs just two goals to hit 700 in his career. So the watch is on today mm-hmm. to see if he can get two to hit the milestone. But actually, Ovechkin, with his recent hot streak, he has 16 goals in his last 10 games. You want to know who has less than that? <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings with 15 goals in their last 10 games. But I think that was before the Buffalo game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- that doesn't, it doesn't uh, hold true anymore. But when I saw that stat on Twitter, I was like, my God, these Red Wings are god-awful, man. Yeah, they're going for Lafreniere. They're not on pace for 20 wins, man. It's terrible. Yeah, Yeah, they're a terrible team. But they somehow beat Buffalo with, yeah, I I feel bad for Buffalo fans and for Jack Eichel. Oh, my God. They're just terrible. Like, I don't know how they can't compile wins together. Like, Jeff Skinner has been really underwhelming. Like, but like, imagine telling your fans like last year, hey, look, we're gonna get we're gonna get rid of the only guy who scored like forty goals in the past like ten years in our franchise. I, I don't think that would boil well with their franchise and their fans. But I mean, they had to do it. But the money in the years were a bit too high. But uh, Buffalo struggling right now. But yeah, Ovechkin has been on a heater this last month. And another player who I am not picking from my hard hat, just to preview that a bit, Elvis Mers Lincolns has been unbelievable, unbelievable for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And tell me why, Joe. He has five shutouts this season, and he's currently on a personal best, I think, eight-game winning streak for himself. That's incredible. So in those eight games, he has five shutouts, I believe. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah, for a guy who just showed up in the National Hockey League this first year, is just like tearing it up for Corpus Allo's, uh missing. I don't know how he does it. Like, I don't know. Like Columbus, man. Like I didn't. We predicted at the beginning of the season they weren't going to make the playoffs. Like no, nowhere close. No. And they're still in the hunt, and they're in the playoffs currently, yeah. I believe. So, yep. like it's I don't know. Like I don't know what's going on with that team. Seth Jones is having like an underrated season, even though he's not putting up the points. He's having a really good defensive year. Um, some might say he might be in the Norris Trophy uh, running, but I don't know. John C's got that locked up. So yeah, John C. Yeah. Um. I think we got to want to go to one more topic before we head into our award segment here. The Battle of Alberta, their last matchup between, obviously, the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers were last Saturday. I, we were texting back and forth between that game. You thought that was one of the best games in the National Hockey League in the whole season. Why? Okay. Um, what I think about that, it was one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen. And we said last episode there might not be anything happening. But no. We would, we would wait and see to see because it was their third game in the last, like, two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. And fireworks just happened. We saw our first goalie fight in, like, five or six years mm-hmm. between Mike Smith and Cam Talbot. And it was awesome. Uh, Edmonton ultimately won the game, I think, 8-3. So they thumped them pretty good. 
Yep. Um, so it was just like, um, it was madness. It was so awesome to see. Yep. Yeah. Some Flames fans didn't take that game well. Uh, I know one in particular, but uh, I mean, the Edmonton Oilers just dominated that game, I think, from top to finish. And yeah, I mean, the fight was spectacular. The first one since Ray Emery and Braden Holpe, I believe, in like October 2013 or 14. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, history was made there. Um, yeah, Dry Settle's comments after the game. Um, they asked him about the bat flip in the days previous, where David Riddick uh, won the shootout and he bat flipped right in front of Leon Dry Settle. He said that was disrespectful, and they made up for it in that win. So, luckily, McDavid and Dry Settle weren't on the ice with those scraps because everyone was in like a skirmish, and mm-hmm. the goalie was there fighting. So, lucky they weren't on the ice. But at the end of the day, the Flames got thumped in that one, and yeah, that puts to rest the Battle of Alberta for. Uh, the 2019-2020 season until maybe they make the playoffs together but some Flames fans seem to think they might not make the playoffs so I don't know we'll see in uh, April come April yeah and also a big blow to them that we forgot to mention Mark Giordano actually pulled his hamstring and he's week to week yeah that's that's a big injury that's a big blow to them Rasmus Anderson, who they just locked up uh, for, I believe, the next six years, has to step up. And uh, I've heard, again, from Flames fans on Twitter, like, Jeff Ward hasn't put him in good situations. Like, they keep putting Hannafin and Hamannick out in situations <laughs> where they shouldn't be, even though they're, like, two pylons, apparently. So, yeah. like, I don't watch them every day, so I can't comment on what they're doing. But, like, apparently Hannafin's, like, skating is his strength, yet his weakness. So, I, I don't know. But I don't know. That Hamannick trade is bad remember that trade they made yeah that was bad it's like a first and two seconds for Hamnick for like a like a fourth or fifth defenseman yeah and horrible he's I, I believe he's a UFA at the end of the year so imagine letting that guy walk oof they probably might he's been terrible yeah he has been but uh Who knows? I, I wouldn't let him walk just based on what you gave up for him and it's the same GM Brad Living. what they gave up for him so I believe he won't walk but again I don't know what the hell is he gonna want so yeah uh, yeah, we'll move into the Hard Hat Award. Uh, this is uh, awarded to the best player in the NHL in the past week of play. And my guy I'm picking is John Tavares, deservedly so. He has four goals, two assists, six points, three power play goals, one power play assist, 45 for 28 in the faceoff circle. And yeah, he's basically, um, I guess you could call it the rough time for the Maple Leafs, even though they lost two in a row. It's not the end of the world, but they lost a big game against the Florida Panthers on Monday night, and then they let a stinker in on Wednesday night versus the Rangers. But John Tavares has stepped up in all those games. Uh, he's been a true leader for this team, a true captain for the team. Uh, he's been better recently with his point production, his face-off percentage. So I'm going to give this one to John Tavares because I believe, you know, he didn't start off the season very good. There was a lot of criticism when he was given the C. Is it daunting on him? Can he, re- can he be a real captain for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Then he got injured, and then uh, he went on a slow run with points. But now he's starting to pick it up, and uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to John Tavares for this week. And I'm actually going to give it to another Maple Leaf center. And it's going to be the one that we just talked about hitting 40 goals. And it's Austin Matthews. So mm-hmm. over his last three games, he has four goals and three assists for seven points. One power play goal, two power play assists. He had four points yesterday versus Anaheim, which is kind <laughs> of why like, I threw him on this on the hard hat. Because yeah. like, he, him and Marner, that line, like basically won them the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so he said uh, he's tied with Ovechkin with 40 goals on the season. So, like Thomas said, he needs one more to surpass his career high, which he had 40 in his rookie year, and he has 40 now. Mm -hmm. So he's obviously going to surpass that. Him and Ovi are both on pace for 60 goals this year, which is incredible for both players. So 
I, I, I'm guaranteeing Matthew scores at least one tonight because he always scores on Price. Even, <laughs> if, he, even if he has one shot, he'll score on him every time. Doesn't matter. <laughs> he'll score at least one tonight. So yeah. that would be, I guess, like, it's not my bold prediction, but, like, I just know it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah, you won't be surprised if it does happen. No. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's very true. Austin Matthews seems to always score against Price. Um, yeah, Nylander was out last game. Hopefully he's back for this one because we're going to need that offensive power to help a tired Jack Campbell because he's going to go back-to-back, apparently, because they do not trust Michael Hutchison, and I wouldn't either because he hasn't been good at all this year. <laughs> no. So, um, Yeah, that's pretty much it for the positives. We'll get on to the negatives, the Golden Plunger Awards, so flush that toilet. So, given to the biggest underperformer in the week of play, team or player, we both picked players this time. I'm going to go with a Vancouver guy, Tanner Pearson. Why am I giving it to Tanner Pearson? Well, he hasn't recorded a point in the last four games, uh, yet he's in the top six of play. I believe he's on a line with Bo Horvat and Louis Erickson. Yeah, Louis Erickson, you can say a lot about him, but you're in the top six. You're out there, and you're going to be put in offensive situations. He's also on the power play, yet he's a minus five in those games as well. Uh, Tanner Pearson had a hot stretch of games, I believe, between December and January, and now he's kind of cooled off a bit, which is probably is going to happen. But again, he has to be stepping up for the Vancouver Canucks, and uh, yeah, he just hasn't been for the last few games. So Tanner Pearson is my award recipient. I I, I could have given this to Jonathan Taves because I've seen his last games or Dominic Kubalik. They haven't like scored a point in, like six games, <laughs> so they they could have been deserving of this. But I'm gonna give it to Tanner Pearson. And for mine, it's gonna be someone that's kind of been flying under the radar of having a not very good season at all, and that's Tyler Sagan of the Dallas Stars. He has, currently is on a 14 game goalless streak, and he has three assists in his last seven days. That's like not good at all for Tyler Sagan. He's the number one center on that team. They just paid him, I think, last off season. Yeah. To like, I think he's making like almost nine million or something like that. But him, like Dallas, is so weird to me. They don't score at all, and it's only random guys that score, and they win so many games. Like, I don't know if it's just Bishop and Hudobin standing on their head every game, which might be, but or just like the the way they play, like it's so defensive. It's kind of like the Islanders. Like no one <laughs> really has many points on that team at all. Like, even Radulov is down from last year. Jamie Benz, really down from last year. Like, but they just, like, they're still, I think, second or or they're third in the central, I think, somewhere around there. So they're still in a playoff spot. Like, it's just so weird. And then, like, some, like, random, like, Georgiev or what's that? Giryanov. Giryanov has, like, 15, 16 goals. Came out of my ass, like, last (laughs) week. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, they just find these random guys. And then uh, Pavelski's actually been kind of getting hot recently, which is probably very uh, nice sight to see for for Dallas Stars fans because they yanked him in the summertime, and he was doing terrible before. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like he's, uh, he's heating up a little bit, which is good. So, yeah, Tyler Sagan, back to my point, 14-game goal of streak, which is not good for him. Usually he averages between, like, 30 to 35 goals a season ever yeah. since he's been in Dallas, basically. So... He's having a really down year. Hopefully, he'll turn it around soon. Yeah, remember some guy in our pool traded for him? Yep. Remember that guy? <laughs> he Not also traded good, Austin man. Matthews. Not very good. Not very good. Yeah, I think that it, I don't. I don't think he listened. But if he were to listen, I think he knows who he is. So yeah, like Tyler Sagan's like he's like been really underratedly having a bad season. Like, yeah. I, like he should be kind of on this list a bit more. Yeah, that's why so, like, I kind of looked. At the, I saw the goal streak, and I'm like, how many points does he have? And like. He has like 30-something points in 50-something games. That's not good at all. 
for him. That's not good. Yeah, and uh-huh. another guy who has a point, like a goalish streak is Duclair. I think he hasn't scored in like sixteen games. Yeah, All Star Anthony Duclair. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's the Ottawa Senators. Like I'm not expecting much, but he was on that hot streak. Like I, I don't know if he's gonna get traded at the trade deadline, but like imagine a team comes to Ottawa and says, "We'll give you a first round pick for Duclair." I think you have to take it. Like, what wouldn't you if you're Ottawa? Like. Yeah, for sure. Especially since they're asking a first for Pajot, who's equally been as bad for scoring goals recently too. Like he's been he's been slowing down a lot too. Remember he had that uh, unbelievable November, and he just hasn't done much since then. To be honest, like I think they're honestly they'll probably get maybe a second and a roster player back maybe for either one of them, but I'm not sure to be honest because yeah. their value is kind of going down at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're like two weeks away from the trade deadline and yeah some rumors out there about trades yeah we mentioned last week as well like Tyler Toffoli being out there uh, apparently Jeff Petrie I, I don't see it happening because Montreal I, I think they need him in their decor to be honest I, I think he's pretty good he's pretty I good I don't know what they're gonna so. do because yeah. yeah, he's a UFA like, right unless they're floored by an offer no he has a year left yeah him yeah, and Tatar have trade. a year left so it, it's it's tough because if they get like I an offer trade. that's like they can't reject. Yeah, I wouldn't trade him either because he has a year left. Like you would have to get a ton for him if you were gonna trade him. But he's so every time Weber gets hurt, he's always steps up big time. Like mm-hmm. Weber is out for a week now. He, uh, he's on the IR for at least a week. So I think he blocked a shot on Tuesday against the Devils, and then Petrie stepped up on Thursday, scored the OT winner, played twenty seven minutes. So he's gonna yep. probably have to do the same tonight. Yeah, he's gonna he be all over Matthews. Up whenever Weber's out, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm not sure what they're gonna do. Yeah, Jeff Petrie's a solid defenseman, but yeah, I, I don't see them trading anyone to be honest. Like if they're gonna try and go for it, I mean, your points out, but I don't know like what you do in like that's like a Minnesota like land you're in. To be honest, kind like, of. you're not good enough to be in. You're not good enough to tank. Well, I don't know. You, you would know, know if they're good enough to tank, but <laughs> I don't know if they're like because they have a lot of picks in this draft. Like, how many more do they want for this year and for next? Like, they, I think they have 14 picks this year. So, I, I think they have, like, three or four seconds or, like, three-fourths or something like that. So, I have no clue what they're going to do. I think what I honestly think they're going to do is if Durant comes back tonight or Monday, which is when they play next is Monday after tonight, mm-hmm. they'll see how he plays for probably a week or two to see if, they're, if they start winning with him back in the lineup because he's been out since mid-November. And then if they're still kind of dragging along, then I think by the 24th, the trade deadline, they'll make some moves. Like Kovalchuk, for example, there's three teams interested, yeah. apparently, the Bruins, the Flames, and the Oilers. So I think that's what they're going to do. But also, they've won eight of their past 11 games, so I have mm-hmm. no clue what they're going to do. Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation for Montreal as well. But uh, no, you talked about knowing your role and stuff, and... Uh, our next segment is What You Say, and this guy knows his role. Jason's role. What are we playing again? What you say. So, this What You Say involves a, uh, a new Maple Leaf player, Kyle Clifford. Uh, he knows his role on the team, and he knows he's not going to outscore Austin Matthews. We don't have audio for this one, but I'm paraphrasing here. A reporter asked him, uh, I, I don't know exactly what the question was, but he asked him something about, oh, like, are, are you, were you here to score goals or hit? And he's like, Guys, I'm not going to score Austin Matthews. They brought me in for a particular reason. So he is right. He's brought in here to uh, add grit to this lineup and add hitting. So 
definitely good call by Kyle Clifford. Like I don't I don't see him scoring like fifty goals. So I mean, no. like, just put that to rest. Like just hit, go out there and hit and cause some stuff. And I'll be good with that acquisition. So yeah, that's our what you say for the week. We do not have audio for that one. I'm sorry for that, but um, that's pretty much it for what you say. We'll move our way to the battle of the buds. So last week, Flager was the only one to go three and zero. I think that's his first or second time this year going three and zero. His record now is twenty four and twenty four. So he is uh, tied in that one. I went two and one. Joe went two and one. That brings me to thirty and eighteen. That brings Joe to 29 and 19. So you're one behind. You've been up. I've been up your tail, and then somehow I surpassed you, and now you're up my tail. So mm-hmm. I think you uh, went we'll two see and that one, for the rest one of the year. I, sorry, I think you went two and one one week, and I went one and two, and then that's when you. And then you've been basically past me since. Yeah, I think I went three. I went three and zero last week. I remember that, so that helped a lot. Yeah, that but, helps. Uh, uh, Flager didn't send in his picks, which is a, an issue, but I'm sure we'll get that. Uh, sent to us midweek or something maybe tomorrow or maybe tonight i don't know and we'll uh, update that in our uh, doc we have here but i'll just name off my games i have for this week so i have the bruins over the red wings on february 9th that uh, should be a win for the bruins Uh, i have the golden knights over the wild on february 11th and then i have the oilers going to the tampa bay lightnings uh, arena but i have the lightning winning that on february 13th for my picks, the Islanders visit the Capitals on February 10th. I have the Capitals winning that game. And then on February 11th, I have the Sens visiting the Avalanche. On February 11th, I have the Avalanche winning. And then on February 14th, on Valentine's Day, I have the Devils visiting the Hurricanes at home. So I'm picking all the home teams this week and I have the Hurricanes winning at home. Yeah, I was eyeing that Avalanche versus Sens game, but I didn't want to go with like three slam dunks. So I decided to go with Lightning and Edmonton a bit closer game, but... I mean, whatever. You also picked them last week. I know, I know. I picked the exact same teams last week, so I don't (laughs) want to do that as well. But, like, yeah, uh, Battle of Buds has been good this year with three guys. I mean, it's been pretty competitive. Last year, I believe Andrew won, but I think it was, like, probably, like, five wins, so I I didn't do really that good. But, yeah, I've been liking Battle of the Buds this year, and, I mean, when you pick against the Red Wings, like, you're kind of, like, looking for a win, so... Hopefully I do with the Bruins because the Bruins are way better than the Red Wings and we both know that. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Battle of the Buds. Mm-hmm. No, what are we, we going to say? Oh, I was going to say that's first place in the league versus last place in the league. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that should be a dub. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I was uh, gonna so say, do we want to... Um, like, you know how we were talking about Clifford and the... the um, I guess the conditions on that pick. Do you think that they would resign Clifford even if, like, I, I, I think Campbell's going to win six games, to be honest, for the rest yeah, of the season. Let's hope. <laughs> I know, let's hope, honestly. And uh, so do you think they'll actually resign Clifford? Because he has a UFA after this season. Dude, I don't know. Um, see, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, it's tricky because, like, the cap is, like, really, like, tight with the Leafs. So. I mean, they have Campbell for another year after this or another two years after this. So that contract is staying. And then I don't know, like, like if Spezza retires, maybe. But well, Barry's gone. They're, they're going to. I think. Like, I want him to stay, but, like, man, like, if this guy's going to demand, like, $8 million for what he's playing at, no. Um, we also have to get Muzzin done. And he's at 4.5 right now. I believe he will get an upgrade in that contract for sure, yeah. even though he is over 30 years old. But I don't know, actually. Like, it's tough. 
I would say, yeah, if Clifford's going to make a million dollars, but I mean, we need grit and he is going to provide that through the next stretch of games and hopefully in the playoffs, if we do make them, that's a really big if right now. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, I can say, I don't know right now, but I don't know. What do you think? I think they do it. Cause I think he'll take a discount. He's like in his press conference that they had, he's like saying he was like a diehard Leafs fan growing up. Obviously he's from Toronto, I believe, or around Southern Ontario. So he was saying like it was a dream come true. And as soon as he got traded actually on Twitter, he changed his profile picture to the Maple Leaf logo. So I feel like even if they were like saying like, hey, Dubis was like, hey, like we're kind of up against the cap. Like I think he would take like 1 million, if maybe even less, like no problem in my opinion. But I have no idea. Yeah, I can definitely see that situation happening. But again, we'll, we'll see coming in. If we do make the playoffs, like... I, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens, but hopefully. I mean, if he, like, it's only been one game. I haven't watched the whole game, and I didn't see Kyle Clifford play. So, I mean, through this next, what, 27 games left, if he plays good enough and he does his job, which is provide grit, if he does that, I believe, yeah, maybe he's going to resign. So, hopefully, and, uh, yeah, we'll see during the stretch. But do you have a spicy meatball for me this week? Because it's only me. Obviously, flagrant here. Just me. You can answer this one too, but uh, are you providing me with a spicy meatball and how spicy is it? I will. It's not that spicy, but before I get to that, I, I want to kind of bring up another kind of news thing that we haven't really discussed before, and it's, it involves the Arizona Coyotes and um, how they were oh, kind yeah. of... <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to talk about this because it's, it's, it, I find it interesting. So, so the Coyotes, if... Any of you listeners have, don't really know, they've, they've been under investigation for uh, incidents of fitness testing draft eligible players during the combines. I don't, I'm not entirely sure what that means. Like, what fitness testing were they doing? Were they doing stuff that's not part of the, like, the combine? Were they doing like, specific yeah. tests for their own purposes? I'm not sure. But today, some more news has been uncovered about that situation. And it's believed there are at least 20 incidents of the Coyotes fitness testing draft eligible players. And this is straight from uh, hockey insider Darren Dreger. Uh, the NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly and NHL lawyers are now managing the case. So the NHLPA is on this case right now. And each violation of this fitness testing carries a fine of $250,000 or more. So basically, uh, amateur scouts around the league are kind of curious to see what the punishment will be from Batman, um, because this is like a, a pretty serious case, I would say. I didn't think it was like this serious, but if it's 250000 per incident, that's a lot of money the Coyotes would have to pay the league and possibly even draft compensation. So I just want to know <laughs> what your thoughts are about this, because this is like <laughs> kind of a low-key story, I think. Yeah, it's... Well, it's still in development, right? Like, there's no. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's official, right? No, like, like they're official, still right? investigating, but yeah, they're investigating still. Okay, so but it is from Dragon. <laughs> take so. on, Yes, that's it's probably around true, but my take on it is right. The the NHL like owns Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So uh, it's a bad look like, for them so, too. That's why. Yeah. So. Um, w- w- I don't know how to say this, but like, aren't you like bashing yourself? Like they're paying for the team, right? Like now they got to pay themselves to pay them out. Like what? 
is that what I'm like, like talking about? Am I, am I wrong or right? It's like, what are they doing? <laughs> like the NHL know. is like paying themselves. Kind because of. Where's that money going to? I don't know. NHLPA. And I want to know, I want to know what players were in this fitness combine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested. Like, like I, I don't know what draft these players are from. That's the thing. So it could be, it could be even players like on the team. I, I have no clue who the, these players are, but I, I don't know. Like this is like a developing story. So we, they, I can't really comment on what is going to happen or, it, or isn't going to happen. But like, again, another situation where like we're seeing a bunch of like cheating again, like, is this cheating? Would you consider that? I'm not sure. Like, I don't know what they mean by, by testing combine. Like, isn't that what they're like, is did they do specific tests? Like, that's what we don't yeah. really know. Like, I don't know what they mean when they're like, they're uh, doing fitness tests to draft eligible players. Like, are they kind of going out of their way to say, like, say, like Lafreniere, for example, are they going to Ramuski and doing like intensive tests on him? Like, I don't know what that really means, but I know once the story is officially out and uh, all the details are in, we'll kind of have a comment in a later episode. Yeah. But I kind of I don't know what that really means. So it's just yeah, interesting. Like I- I can't even like comment on it because I don't know what the hell is going on. But like, looks again looks horrible on the NHL once again. Like yeah. they own the team, <laughs> so I, I don't understand what the hell is going on. Like when the NHL, won't the NHL know what they're up to? Like they own the team or pay know. for the team. Sorry, I don't know. Don't know. Like, don't uh, know. It's a mess. Like, Arizona, and like okay, let's keep talking about Arizona. Not, not even the scandal, whatever's going on there. Okay, they do. The, is Arizona like a ban wasteland for point production? <laughs> I think so. Like Kessel, Ke- Phil Kessel. I-, I saw on this guy's fantasy team. We like we have in our pool. Does I don't even think he has like thirty five points. I don't think so. Like I- oh my gosh! Like w- they traded for him. Yeah, like it was a good trade for them. But like his point production has not gone up. Like the only guy on that team who's like really gone up is Taylor Hall, and like he was half the season on New Jersey. Like, well, like, I don't know what's going on with those point production on their team. Like they play really, really defensive. Like, I just don't understand why players can't somehow get over 70 points on that roster. Like it's like, I don't, like Ekman Larson has been another guy. Like he is having his worst year ever in the national hockey league. And he's the captain and he's in his prime. I, I don't understand what the hell he's doing on the power play. Like what? I don't know. I know. I agree. That's why I said I think a few episodes ago, like, like I know, like Chaika, the GM of the of the Coyotes, he's brought in some nice pieces. You know, Kessel he traded for, he traded for Hall. He's bringing in some like some wingers that can kind of help their. They have a weak center core, but like they're just doing nothing. Like I know Rick Tockett, he gets talked about so much as being a good coach, but like those guys yeah. can't score. Yeah, like, like I had him up for the the Jack Adams uh, based on his defensive like kind of style because it's an upgrade from last year. But like the offensive play has been terrible. Terrible. They have to rely on Kemper and Ranta every game to make unbelievable saves and to have like nine twenty save percentage every night. Like, my God! Like how much could coaching be credited to good goaltending all the time? Yeah, it's, vi- and it's, it's like a vice versa as well. Like I I know Phil Kessel ain't the greatest defensive player. But he's a minus 22. That's terrible. That's the worst on their team. And he's supposed to, he was brought in to be this offensive god. And he has 31 points in 56 games. <laughs> My god. Like Nick Schmaltz is leading their team in points. With how many? 
39 and 56. My but God. eight goals. What? And then Ekman Larson's way down with 22 points in 53 games. And they're still somehow in a playoff spot. Yeah, and I'm just going to go down to the goalie stats right away. And yeah, all their goalies. Ranta, 9.15. Aiden Hill, 9.20. Darcy Kemper, 9.30. Exactly. Like, they're just standing mm-hmm. on their head every game, and then talking gets so much credit. It's like, your guys can't, you guys can't score. Yeah, it's... I don't know what the hell... Like, it, like that's a wasteland for offense. Like, Connor Garland has 19 goals. I This guy just came to the league last year. Best and is on one of the best butt. contracts in... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Freeman tweet that out or something, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, Arizona needs to be way better offensive if they like really, really want to be dominant in that playoff run. But like, wow, like the offensive production. Like, I was just scrolling through Tyler's team and I was like, "What? Like, they have like like two points? Like, it's crazy." Oh, that's why I traded away Ekman Larson, man. That that's true. Yeah, he has twenty two <laughs> points. That's pretty embarrassing. But anyways, uh, yeah, let's get into your spicy meatball. How spicy is it? Um, it's it's okay. I mean, the sauce Mild. is a bit cold but I had to throw it in the microwave. So it's not the best one because we don't have a three-man system going today, which makes yeah. it better, I think. But uh, my spicy meatball today is going to be about the Arizona Coyotes and that will they relocate ever okay. as long as Batman is the commissioner of the National Hockey League? They relocate. Five, ten years, sorry. Um, will Arizona relocate within the next five to ten years based on just attendance or just someone else buying the team and wanting to relocate? Like, will that ever happen? Or will Bedman have to retire as a commissioner and someone else will move the team? Hmm. Okay, so if he does retire, I, I, I really think they will. But if he doesn't, then no. Because he has what paid I don't know this whole career as a commissioner to that team mm-hmm. and I don't like they had one year where they went to the conference finals and that was back in 2012 where Mike Smith was literally standing on his head once again like that team just gets really hot goaltending for some reason and I mean Shane Doan has been their best franchise player ever and I believe he didn't get over a thousand points right no so they really haven't really produced an offensive player. I mean, they've had guys like Jeremy Roenick, Shane Doan, those guys like that. But, like, relocate. I, 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 they should, but I don't think they will. So, like, it's a two, like the question, what did you ask, like, a couple weeks ago? Uh, will Connor McDavid ask for a trade? I said no, but he should in a few years. Not now, but in a few years if they start doing shit. Um. But with this, like, no, I don't think they'll relocate because this guy just, I don't want to say the term because that's a bad term, but you know what I mean? Like, he just, <laughs> he just Jeez, loves this man, team. I, I, yeah, it's like they have so many other hockey markets around North America where they don't want to put a team. Like, yes, Seattle's coming, but that should have already been in here in the league for, like, at least five years. Like, yes, Vegas was a, a success, but... Seattle should have been before them because they're more of a hockey market and a sports market. But Vegas is a great team. Like, I love watching them. They're, they put out a really good game. You attended a game, and it was really fun to watch, and I saw yep. the videos you sent me. So, But Seattle should have obviously been in here first. And then other places like Quebec City, like, that team is dying for a team. And, like, that fan base would go to every game. They would be sold out every night. And that 
Montreal Canadiens versus Quebec uh, City rivalry would be unbelievable to experience. So I feel like they should relocate, but they won't relocate. So I'm going to say no for that. Yeah. One. What do you think? I think I don't think they'll relocate either if he's still commissioner because I know for a fact they have to pay out all the debts that they have every single season. So I don't yeah. know <laughs> what the number is, but the league has to take out a certain percentage of their income every single year to pay for the debts of that team because no one watches in Arizona. They had, like Thomas said, they've had one playoff run in the last probably 15 years or 10 years or whatever it is. And that was in 2012 when Mike Smith carried them to the Western Conference Final versus the Kings. They haven't been in the playoffs since. And constantly there's no fans at the games. I know when they made the playoffs there were fans, but I mean, I would hope for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I agree. I don't think they'll relocate if he's the commissioner still. I don't know how many years he'll still be commissioner because he's a pro, I think he's been like 25 years and he's still going strong. So I have no idea. But I think once he retires or he steps down or whatever happens, I think the next commissioner will try to look at a way to move that team to a, mm-hmm. a more hockey-friendly market. Like Thomas said, like Quebec City, for example, is a great one. So I, I definitely agree that they won't sell or relocate during his tenure there because he's the one that fought tooth and nail for yeah. them to go to Arizona when he was first inducted as a commissioner. Same with Florida. At least Florida has a competitive team this year. And uh, they've had some at least pretty solid players, I would say, throughout their history, and especially forwards. Mm-hmm. So they're okay, even though their attendance is terrible still. Yeah. At least Tampa Bay's is fine. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. so I'm going to agree. I just, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I just don't understand why, like, like it's like, I, I don't know how you compare it to. Like, it's like, I don't know. Like you have a pair of hockey skates and they keep getting damaged, but you keep putting money 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 into it even though they look like shit. Like even though the skate's breaking, you have to replace the blade, you have to replace the laces every couple of hours. It's like that. You have a hockey skate that keeps getting damaged, but you keep putting money into it, but it's not getting better. Mm-hmm. So, I, like that that's they need to. Like, I don't know. It's weird, but like them in Florida are their attendance has been terrible, like worse than steelhead games sometimes. And the steelheads, like move them too, man. Like we don't need them here. Yeah, we don't need them. Like, move them to Hamilton, Oakville. Like, it's not that far away, but, like, somewhere else, man. Like, mm. we have too many teams here. Like, the Raptors 905 sell it more. Like, come yeah, on. They are better. The only thing with the 905 is that, like, it's basically the second highest development league in the in basketball. Yeah. Behind, so. like, college and the NBA, which is weird. That's like, a different topic. Yeah, that's a different topic. But, like, it's, it's like, just teams have to realize, like, like fans definitely realize that attendance is like a really fa- a big factor in the market, but they also have to realize like the money they generate and the ticket sales and the player sales and the salaries and all that stuff. But I don't know all that stuff. So I can't really comment on that, but like just based off attendance, like people look at the stands, it's like, you're not selling out. Your team's never been good. And your team has never produced an offensive gifted player ever. Like you're trying to get like in the next four years, you're trying to get Austin Matthews to come to that team. What the hell is the guy going to put up? Like 60 points? Yeah, and like, what, 20 goals? Yeah, like, honestly. So, it's a weird situation for the Coyotes, and it's been weird for the last, like, 20 years as a franchise, but, God, they have one of the nicest jerseys in the league with the Kachinas. Ooh. Yeah. So, that, I'd be I'd be pissed if they moved for that reason, but, like, yeah, that's a tough situation for them right now, but 
Yeah, they're trying to get into the playoffs, and uh, I just looked at the save percentage Mike Smith was on during that run, 9-4-5. That's incredible. <laughs> That's like oh, a... My God, Smitty. Now he's kind of washed up. He's old. He's been, he's been decent enough for his age. I'll yeah, like, yeah, I wouldn't say he's terrible, but like he lets in some stinkers, but he could still play the puck. He's basically like a third defenseman when they're exiting the zone still, so he's yeah. not terrible, but he is old, so I'll give him that. Yeah, okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about during this episode? Um, I don't we think so. On. I know next week we're going to try to do a, a trade deadline preview episode. We're going to talk about potential trade, choose on the market, yep. and who could acquire these players and what they will do for those teams. So we'll, tr- we'll try to do that next week, if not the 22nd. So the few days just before the deadline, but, I, but we'll see. Yeah, because um, like, usually rumors come out like days before the, the the trade deadline and it's mm-hmm. already like the trades like already ha- kind of announced like it's kind of shitty but like, yeah so we'll preview that yeah for sure mm-hmm. and then uh me and uh ag are working on an, an alex ovechkin article it's not done yet because we're we are gonna wait for him to hit the 700 goal mark which again could happen today <laughs> knowing Ovi it could easily but uh we'll see but once once he hits 700 we'll release that and it's just going to be looking back at his career his legacy and how he's basically the greatest goal scorer of all time. So, yeah, look out for that. Yeah, I really got not much to say. I, I can't think of anything that comes to the top of my head. But, like, yeah, Detroit's bad. Buffalo's bad. Uh, they're not going anywhere in the standings. Like, like that Buffalo franchise, man, like, O-Dog tweeted, like, I feel for that franchise. Like, everyone does because, like, they deserve a lot more. Like, the, the Bills, like, choke-jobbed in those playoffs. And now the Sabres choke-jobbed once again for the second straight year to try and make the playoffs. They keep just doing it on a consistent basis. And Eichel and Reinhardt have just had enough with that team. They have to do something with that team to upgrade on goaltending. Like, I know Olmark's out, but, like, is Olmark really their saving grace for starting goalie? I know. And, yeah. like, the offense is, like, like, like Evan Rodriguez, I think, has played every game this season. He has, like, four goals. Like, it, that's not going to cut it. <laughs> like, Zemzgis Gergensen has 10 goals. Like, that's that tells you something about your franchise. When Zemzgis Gergensen has 10 goals. Yeah, it's I, I, I kind of I want to talk about them right now. Hold on. I'm just going to pull up their team stats because okay. I just want to see how bad they actually are. Let's okay. see. Hold on. Teams. Poor Sabres fans. Poor Buffalo sports fans. Yeah, everywhere. It's just, it's just terrible. Let's see. Okay. Well, Jack Eichel is obviously one of the best players in the National Hockey League. 68 points in 54 games. Great. Then Reinhardt's there. Then Victor Olofsson's there. Then Rasmus Dahlin, who is going to be an amazing defenseman, is there. Even though he's been injured. Then you kind of get the drop-off. So Jeff Skinner, who they're paying $9 million, has 19 points in 45 games, 11 goals. He is a minus 16, which is the worst on that team. Tied with Rasmus Ristolainen, who has never actually been a plus positive in his career. No. Then they traded for Jimmy Vc. They traded for Connor Sheary. They traded for Henry Arkehiru. They traded for Brandon Montour last year. They traded for Colin Miller last year. They got Curtis Lazar. Uh, they got Michael Froelich just now. He has two points in 12 games. And, uh, yeah, what's your take on the Buffalo Sabres? I just don't know. They've made so many trades for defensemen, especially like Montour and... Yoki Hairu, I thought were great trades when they were made last year. And just it hasn't panned out. Like 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to put a lot of blame on Botterill, but I don't know what it is. I don't know. It might be the culture of the Sabres organization. Like, I don't know what it is, but like on paper, like the trades that they made, like looked like they were going to improve the decor and, you know, so then Rasmus Risseleinen didn't have to be minus 40 every year and Dalene mm-hmm. doesn't have to play 25 minutes. So they have, they brought in Montour, Yoki Hairu. Yoki Hairu is, I think, only 22. So he still has some potential. I'm not going to yeah. give up on him. But, and then, like, inking uh, Jeff Skinner to that massive deal. We all know he overpaid, but they had to. He scored 40 goals the year yeah. before. <laughs> Eichel kind of needed a running mate. But then this year, he fell off the map. Reinhardt is the... Him, Eichel, Reinhardt, and Dalin are the only positives on that team right now. The only positives is that they have a number one center in Eichel and a number one Dean mm-hmm. in uh, Dalin. So they have to either build more around them or I don't know. I don't know if it's just the culture is just terrible. Because even they even brought in Marcus Johansson, who had a pretty solid year last year, was injured here and there, but he produced when he was with the Bruins during their cup run. And just they brought him in, looked like another solid signing to bring in depth, and then he just does has done nothing. Like I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Like it's it's I think it's the culture. Just the, the like the what is it? The just losing culture. I don't know. I don't know what the word is like the demeanor of the team. Like it, it just hasn't, ne- it's never been positive. Like I, I don't, I always remember like for the past two years, like the positive, it was positive going into the year. Like, okay, this team's going to be different. They went on that 10 game winning streak. They obviously choke jobbed. Then this year, I think it wasn't 10 games, but it was like seven, maybe six or something around there. Something like that. And then they choke jobbed. Like, man, Eichel has been carrying this team since he's entered the league. It's it's incredible, and now Rasmus Dahlin's there. You said they obviously have to build around him, and I made a mistake with the plus minus. Sorry, I, I gave <laughs> Rasmus uh, Ristolainen too much of a minus. He's minus two. That's not the worst. Marcus Johansson and Jeff Skinner are both tied with a minus 16. So mm-hmm. both of them are tied. So both offensive players that are uh, a minus again. So Victor Olsson has been injured um, for the last, what is it? Uh, 12 games, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he has 35 points in 42 games. So that's pretty good for a rookie, man. Like, yeah. A seventh round rookie be that. He's been injured too. So that, that kind of helped. I mean, doesn't help. I mean, it kind of hurts their offense a little. But yeah. if you're going to rely on Olofsson to be basically your second best scorer, then like that's not a good thing. Yeah, it's tough. They got to find something offensively. Casey Middlestad, they rushed him into the league. Now he's in the minors trying to re- re-up his game. And uh, I can't really think off the top of my head about other prospects, but like, I don't know. It's been tough in Buffalo. Like they've been building for years, and like that rivalry between the Leafs and the Sabers, like a really couple of years ago, was on a high note. But now it's just lower as Buffalo keeps getting worse, and the Leafs try to keep getting better. But I don't know. Buffalo is just terrible. I, mm-hmm. I, like I hate to say it because like I want to see Eichel in the playoffs. Like imagine Jack Eichel in the playoffs. Yeah. Who's in a who's in a worse situation, Jack Eichel or Connor McDavid? I say Eichel because he's never made the playoffs. McDavid made the playoffs once in his career, and he has an actual superstar running mate in Drysaitel, and it mm-hmm. looks like they're gonna make the playoffs this year. I'm not gonna guarantee it because they're kind of in that bubble, but if they can get some goaltending still from Smith and their defense holds up, I think they'll make a wild card spot. Yeah, I definitely agree with the statement that McDavid is in a better position than Jack Eichel, but it's been tough for Jack Eichel. Like, the guy is, like, he's named captain. He was just actually just given the captain. 
because mm-hmm. the Sabres like, hey, like you're going to be here forever. So like, just we'll give you the captain. You're going to run the show. Mm-hmm. And he has been running the show. Just he has no one else to work with besides Sam Reinhardt and Brasso Stallion. So mm-hmm. tough times for the Sabres. Uh, do you have any content? I know you said the Ovechkin article, but do you have any other content you want to uh, share with us that you're going to be writing or doing in the next couple of weeks before the trade deadline? I'm I'm not sure yet. I haven't really planned that far in ahead, but I know the Vetchkin's coming out and maybe um, us within the NHL team can maybe review, work on a collab on some trades, like reviewing the yeah. trades after the trade deadline. Maybe we could work on that with guys in our NHL team. So we'll see, but the Ovechkin one will be coming out probably next week. Yeah. Well, I assume he scores today or Monday. Yeah. yeah. 700 is definitely right there. Hopefully he can pass Mike Gartner this year. That'd be incredible. He's at 708. So yep. I would love to see Ovi pass him, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Just a couple articles coming on the next few weeks of the trade deadline. Uh, obviously keep looking at that. Keep a look at our website. We have a lot more content coming out. Football season's over, but we're going to be talking about the offseason and the draft heading in to that draft on the Vegas, like, what is it called? That water thing? What is it called? Oh, the Bellagio? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the <laughs> hell are they doing there? Imagine the boat know. breaks down. Yeah, it could break down. It's going to be so slow, them getting across. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're doing there. But, yeah, that's in the offseason. We're now basketball's at a high right now, and uh, hockey is still pumping out. So we'll uh, keep you on taps with that. I always end the episode with points, point leaders, goal leaders, and the win leaders. So, the point leader currently in the NHL is number 29 on the Edmonton Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl with 83 points. The goal-scoring leader is a tie between Alex Ovechkin and Austin Matthews at 40. And the win leader in the NHL is Andre Vashlevsky at 28. Did you see that scorpion save you made that last night? Yeah, that was incredible. Uh, he just keeps like shipping his body any which way, and he robbed, I think it was Brian Rust. On that yeah, play, so. yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, so Vashlevsky's been hot, Drysaddle's been hot, and obviously Ovi has been hot. So, uh, that does it for me, that does it for Joe. And 10 will return next Saturday. Join, Join us. us. Woo!